Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our daily reading conference call on uh, where we share A Course in Miracles Original Edition. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles Original Edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse over the link at top for original edition, you can see the link to read ACIMOE. On that same drop-down menu, there's a link to subscribe to an excellent daily email, also sent to you by the Course in Miracles Society, which contains both the workbook lesson and the text reading for the day. My name is Lemoyne Castle, and this call happens for and with you every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, from about 9.20 to about 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Today we're continuing our reading in Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, with Section 5, The Greater Joining. And at the top of the hour, we'll pause for remembrance of our lesson for the day, led by the inestimable Fran, Lesson 300, Only an Instant Does This World Endure. So let me ask Lori, do you have an opening you'd like to share this morning? Boy, I really do. Boy, and this one called to me so clearly. It's a poem from Rilke's Book of Hours, Love Poems to God. It is without a title, but it goes like this. I believe in all that has never yet been spoken. I want to free what waits within me so that what no one has dared to wish for may for once spring clear without my contriving. If this is arrogant, God, forgive me, but this is what I want to say, what I need to say. May what I do flow from me like a river, no forcing and no holding back, the way it is with children. Then in these swelling and ebbing currents, these deepening tides moving out, returning, I will sing you as no one ever has, streaming through widening channels into the open sea. Only an instant does this world endure. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lori. That was beautiful. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Lori. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Thank you, Lori. And I'll review the lists here. With us in reading today, we have Yvonne, Lori, Lori, Fran, Diana, Micah, and Karen. With us in listening, we have Ida, Roz, and... uh, is there anyone else who's joined the call? I'd like to just announce and say good morning or join the reading list. Cheers, Stevie. I'm just driving and listening. Thanks. All right. Thanks for being here, Steve. 
Thanks for letting me. <laughs> Anyone else like to announce? All right. Get us started then with today's reading in chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear, uh, section 5, The Greater Joining, paragraph 37, accepting the atonement for yourself means not to give support to someone's dream of sickness and of death. It means that you share not his wish to separate and let him turn illusions on himself. Nor do you wish that they be turned instead on you. Thus they have no effects. And you are free of dreams of pain because you let him be. Unless you help him, you will suffer pain with him, because that is your wish. And you become a figure in his dream of pain, as he in yours. So do you both become illusions and without identity. You could be anyone or anything, depending on whose evil dream you share. You can be sure of just one thing, that you are evil, for you share in dreams of fear. Yvonne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Chapter 28, The Undoing of Fear. Section 5, The Greater Joining. Accepting the atonement for yourself means not to give support to someone's dreams of sickness and death. It means that you share not his wish to separate and let you turn illusions on himself. Nor do you wish that they be turned instead on you. Thus have they no effects. And you are free of dreams of pain because you let him be. Unless you help him, you will suffer pain with him because that is your wish. And you become a figure in his dream of pain as he in yours. So do you both become illusions and without identity. You could be anyone or anything, depending on whose evil dream you share. You can be sure of just one thing, that you are evil for you share in dreams of fear. 38. There is a way of finding a certainty right here and now. Refuse to be a part of fearful dreams, whatever form they take, for they will lose identity, for you will lose identity in them. You find yourself by not accepting them as causing you and giving you effects. You stand apart from them, but not apart from him who dreams them. Thus, you separate the dreamer from the dream and join in one, but let the other go. The dream is but illusion in the mind. And with the mind, you would unite, but never with the dream. It is the dream you fear and not the mind. You see them as the same because you think you are but a dream. And what is real and what is but illusion in yourself, you do not know 
and cannot tell apart. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Lori? 38. There is a way of finding certainty right here and now. Refuse to be a part of fearful dreams, whatever form they take, for you will lose identity in them. You find yourself by not accepting them as causing you and giving you effects. You stand apart from them, but not apart from him who dreams them. Thus you separate the dreamer from the dream and join with one, but let the other go. The dream is but illusion in the mind, and with the mind you would unite, but never with the dream. It is the dream you fear and not the mind. You see them as the same because you think you are but a dream, and what is real and what is but illusion in yourself, you do not know and cannot tell apart. 39. Like you, your brother thinks he is a dream. Share not in his illusion of himself, for your identity depends on his reality. Think rather of him as a mind in which illusions still persist, but as a mind which brother is to you. He is not made brother he is not brother made by dreams pardon me. He is not brother made by what he dreams, nor is his body, the so called hero of the dream, your brother. It is his reality that is your brother, as is yours to him. Your mind and his are joined in brotherhood. His body and his dreams but seem to make a little gap where yours have joined with his. Thank you, Lori. And Fran? 39. Like you, your brother thinks he is a dream. Share not in his illusion of himself, for your identity depends on his reality. Think rather of him as a mind in which illusion still persists, but as a mind which brother is to you. He is not brother made by what he dreams, nor is his body. I don't know if you guys hear that buzzing. Do you hear that buzzing? I keep getting texts. I'm sorry. Not at all. No, no worries. He is, oh, good. He is not brother made by what he dreams, nor is his body quote, unquote, hero of the dream, your brother. It is his reality that is your brother, as his, yours to him, as is his, yours to him. Your mind and his are joined in brotherhood. His body and his dreams but seem to make a little gap where yours have joined with his, 40. And yet, between your dreams, there is no gap. To join his dreams is thus to meet him not because his dreams would separate from you. Therefore, release him merely by your claim on brotherhood and not on dreams of fear. Let him acknowledge who he is by not supporting his illusions by your faith. For if you do, you will have faith in yours. With faith in yours, he will not be released and you are kept in bondage to his dreams. And dreams of fear will haunt the little gap, inhabited but by illusions, which you have supported in each other's mind. 
Thank you, friend. And Diana. Forty. And yet between your mind, there is no gap. To join his dream is best to meet him, not because his dreams would separate from you. Therefore, release him, merely by your claim on brotherhood and not on dreams of fear. Let him acknowledge who he is by not supporting his illusions by your faith. For if you do, you will have faith in yours. With faith in yours, he will not be released, and you are kept in bondage to his dream. And dreams of fear will haunt the little gap inhibited, but not, but by illusions which you have supported in each other's minds. 41. Be certain, if you do your part, that he will do his, for he will join you where, you're, where you stand. Call not to him to meet you in the gap between you, or you must believe that it is your reality as well as his. Um, okay. You cannot do his part, but this you do when you become a passive figure in his dream instead of dreamer in your own. Identify in dreams is meaningless because the dreamer and the dream are one. Who shares a dream must be the dream he shares because by sharing it, sharing is a cause produced. Thank you. Thank you, Diana and Micah. Okay, <clears throat> 41. Be certain if you do your part, he will do his, for he will join you where you stand. Fall not to him to meet you in the gap between you, or you must believe that is your reality as well as his. You cannot do his part, but this you do when you become a passive figure in his dream instead of a dreamer of your own. Identity in dreams is meaningless because the dreamer and the dream are one. Who shares a dream must be the dream he shares because by sharing is a cause produced. 42. You share confusion and you are confused for in the gap no stable self exists. What is the same seems different because what is the same appears to be unlike. His dreams are yours because you let them be. But if you took your own away, would he be free of them and of his own as well? Your dreams are witnesses to his and his attests the truth of yours. Yet if you see there is no truth in yours, his dreams will disappear before his eyes and he will understand what made the dream.
Thank you, Micah. And Karen. 42. You share confusion, and you are confused. For in the gap, no stable self exists. What is the same seems different, because what is the same appears to be unlike. His dreams are yours because you let them be. But if you took your own way, would he be free of them and of his own as well? Your dreams are witnesses to his, and his attests the truth of yours. Yet if you see there is no truth in yours, his dreams will disappear before his eyes, and he will understand what made the dream. 43. The Holy Spirit is in both your minds, and he is one, because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. The gap between your bodies matters not, for what is joined in him is always one. No one is sick if someone else accepts his union with him. His desire to be a sick and separated mind cannot remain without a witness or a cause, and both are gone if someone wills to be united with him. He has dreamed that he was separated from his brother, who by sharing not his dream, has left the space between them vacant, and the father comes to join his son, the Holy Spirit joined. Thank you, Karen. And is there a new reader who would enjoy reading 43 and 44? Is there a new reader who would like to read 43 and 44? Patricia here. Okay. Please go ahead, Patricia. 43. The Holy Spirit is in both your minds, and he is one because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. The gap between your bodies matters not. For what is joined in him is always one. No one is sick if someone else accepts his union with him. His desire to be sick and separated mind cannot remain without a witness or a cause. And both are gone if someone wills to be united with him. He has dreamed that he was separated from his brother who, by sharing not his dream, has left the space between them 
vacant. And the Father comes to join his Son, the Holy Spirit, joined. 44. The Holy Spirit's function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. This holy picture, healed entirely, does he hold out to every separate piece, every separate piece that thinks it is a picture in itself. Three, he offers his identity, which the whole picture represents. Instead of just a little broken bit, which he insisted was himself. And when he sees this picture, he will recognize Himself. If you share not your brother's evil dream, this is the picture that the miracle will play within the little gap, left clean of all the seeds of sickness and of sin. And here, here the Father will receive his Son because his Son was gracious to him now. Okay. Thank you, Patricia. And is there another new reader who would like to read 44 and 45? Anyone for 44 and 45? Hi, Lemoyne. It's Jude. I can join in. Here we go. The Holy Spirit's function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. This holy picture healed entirely does he hold out to every separate piece that thinks it is a picture in itself. To each he offers his identity, which the whole picture represents. Instead of just a little broken bit that insisted, he insisted was himself. And when he sees this picture, he will recognize himself. If you share not your brother's evil dream, this is the picture that the miracle will place within the little gap left clean of all the seeds of sickness and of sin. And here the Father will receive his Son, because his Son was gracious, gracious to himself. I thank you, Father, knowing you will come to close each little gap 
that lies between the broken pieces of your Holy Son. Your holiness, complete and perfect, lies in every one of them. And they are joined because what is in one is in them all. How holy is the smallest grain of sand when it is recognized as being part of the completed picture of God's Son. The forms the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing, for the whole is in each one, and every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lemoyne. Well, thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 45 and 46? Another new reader for 45 and 46? I can, I can read it. Um, this, uh, this is Reverend Elijah Joy. Well, please go ahead. Okay, hold on. I gotta go back to the screen. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, 45. Thank you, Father. Knowing you will come to close each little gap that lies between the broken pieces of your Holy Son, your holiness, complete and perfect, lies in every one of them. And they are joined because what is in one is in them all. How holy is the smallest grain of sand when it is recognized as being part of the completed picture of God's Son. The forms, the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing, for the whole is in each one, and every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part. 46. Join not your brother's dream. Join not your brother's dreams, but join with him, and where you join his son, the Father is, who seeks for substitutes when he perceives he has lost nothing. Who would want to have the so-called benefits of sickness when he has received the simple happiness of health? What God has given cannot be a loss, and what is not of him has no effects. What then would you perceive within the gap? The seeds of sickness come from the belief that there is joy in separation, and its giving up would be a sacrifice. But miracles are the result when you do not insist on seeing in the gap what is not there. Your willingness to let illusions go is all the healing of God's son requires. He will place the miracle of healing where the seeds of sickness were, and there will be no loss and only gain. Thank you, Brija. And one more time, is there a new reader for 46?
a new reader to conclude with 46. Okay, back to you, Yvonne. Okay, Lemoyne, thank you. Join not your brother's dreams, but join with him, and where you join his son, the father is. Who seeks for substitutes when he perceives he has lost nothing? Who would want to have the, quote, benefits, unquote, of sickness when he has received the simple happiness of health? What God has given cannot be a loss and what is not of him has no effects. What then would you perceive within the gap? The seeds of sickness come from the belief that there is joy in separation, and its giving up would be a sacrifice. But miracles are the result when you do not insist on seeing in the gap what is not there. Your willingness to let illusions go is all the healer of God's Son requires. He will place the miracle of healing where the seeds of sickness were, and there will be no loss but only gain. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. Well, this is Lemoyne and Okay. Sorry, I'm adjusting to the use of the computer mic. Um Yeah, I've ended up in trying to do a recap, I ended up with the whole whole section highlighted again. So um I had thought we could reread it, but there doesn't seem to be enough time. So I'll attempt to do a recap here on something that is whole. I've given a little hope for one of the lines that says the whole is contained within each part. So here we go. <laughs> the greater joining. Accepting the atonement for yourself means not to give support to someone's dream of sickness and of death. It means you share not his wish to separate and let him turn illusions on himself. Nor do you wish that they be turned instead on you. Thus they have no effects. There is a way of finding certainty right here, right here and now. Refuse to be a part of fearful dreams, whatever form they take, for you will lose identity in them. You find yourself by not accepting them as causing you and giving you effects. You stand apart from them, but not apart from him who dreams them. 
Thus you separate the dreamer from the dream and join in one, but let the other go. The dream is but illusion in the mind, and with the mind you would unite, but never with the dream. <clears throat> it is the dream you fear, not the mind. You see them as the same because you think that you are but a dream. And what is real and what is but illusion in yourself you do not know and cannot tell apart. Like you, your brother thinks he is a dream. Share not in his illusion of himself, for your identity depends on his reality. Think rather of him as a mind in which illusions still persist, but a mind which a brother is to you. He is not brother made by what is what he dreams. It is his reality that is your brother, as is yours to him. Your mind and his are joined in brotherhood. And yet, and so, <laughs> between your minds, there is no gap. To join his dreams is thus to meet him not, because dreams would separate from you. Therefore, release him merely by your claim on brotherhood and not on dreams of fear. Let him acknowledge who he is by not supporting his illusions by your faith. For if you do, you just reinforce your faith in yours. With faith in yours, he will not be released and you are kept in bondage to his dreams. Be certain if you do your part, he will do his, for he will join you where you stand. You cannot do his part, but this you do when you become a passive figure in his dream instead of dreamer of your own. Identity in dreams is meaningless. Who shares a dream must be the dream he shares because by sharing is a cause produced. You share confusion and you are confused for in the gap no stable self exists. Yet if you see no truth in your dreams, his dreams will disappear before his eyes and he will understand what made the dream. The Holy Spirit is in both your minds, and he is one because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. No one is sick if someone else accepts his union with him. His desire to be a sick and separated mind cannot remain without a witness or a cause, and both are gone if someone wills to be united with him through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. This holy picture, healed entirely, 
does he hold out to every separate piece that thinks it is a picture in itself? To each he offers his own identity, which the whole picture represents. And when he sees this picture, he will recognize himself. If you share not your brother's dream of separation, this is the picture that the miracle will place within the little gap left clean of all seeds of sickness and of sin. And here the father will receive his son because his son was gracious to himself. I thank you, Father, knowing you will come to close each little gap that lies between the broken pieces of your Holy Son. Your holiness, complete and perfect, lies in every one of them. <clears throat> and they are joined because what is in one is in them all. How holy is the smallest grain of sand when it is recognized as being part of the completed picture of God's Son? The forms the broken pieces seem to take mean nothing, for the whole is in each one, and every aspect of the Son of God is just the same as every other part. Join not your brother's dreams, but join with him, and where you join his son, the Father is. What God has given cannot be a loss, and what is not of him has no effects. That's the repeat of that initial summary. What God has given cannot be a loss, and what is not of him has no effects. Miracles are the result when you do not insist on seeing in the gap what is not there. Your willingness to let illusions go is all the healer of God's Son requires. He will place the miracle of healing where the seeds of sickness were. And there will be no loss, but only gain. The greater joining. The joining with what it, the everything that is everywhere. And <laughs> you're welcome. And we've reached the top of the hour, so Fran, would you uh, <laughs> would you lead us in our reflection on the lesson for the day? Of course, yes. Thank you for your summary. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and we are on the last day of what is the real world. And the lesson for today is lesson three hundred. Only an instant does this world endure. Sasha, read some from what is the real world. The real world is a symbol like the rest of what perception offers, yet it stands for what is opposite to what you made. The real world holds a counterpart for each unhappy thought reflected in your world, a sure correction 
for the sights of fear and sounds of battle which your world contains. The real world shows a world seen differently, through quiet eyes, and with a mind at peace. Nothing but rest is there. The real world is the symbol that the dream of sin and guilt is over and God's Son no longer sleeps. The real world signifies the end of time, for its perception makes time purposeless. The Holy Spirit has no need of time when it has served its purpose. Now he waits, but that one instant more for God to take his final step, and time has disappeared, taking perception with it as it goes and leaving but the truth to be itself. That instant is our goal, for it contains the memory of God. And as we look upon a world forgiven, it is he who calls to us and comes to take us home, reminding us of our identity, which our forgiveness has restored to us. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson two, 300. Only an instant does this world endure. This is the thought that can be used to say that death and sorrow are the certain lot of all who come here. For their joys are gone before they are possessed or even grasped. Yet this is also the idea that lets no false perception keep us in its hold nor represent more than a passing cloud upon a sky eternally serene. And it is this serenity we seek, unclouded, obvious, and sure today. We seek your holy world today. For we, your loving sons, have lost our way a while. But we have listened to your voice and learned exactly what to do to be restored to heaven and our true identity. And we give thanks today the holy, the world endures, but for an instant. We would go beyond that tiny instant to eternity. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 300. Only an instant does this world endure. We seek your holy world today, for we, your loving sons, have lost our way a while. But we have listened to your voice and learned exactly what to do to be restored to heaven and our true identity. Lesson 300, only an instant does this world endure. Amen.
Amen. Amen. Beautifully done. Thank, Thank you, Fran. Uh, appreciate that. Uh, Thank Diana, you. Diana, I just had a quick thought about what we just read. And that thought was... Um, it's a short section, but it's pretty powerful, that when we are out of alignment with Christ in our thinking to agree to be friendly or to, you know, um, knowingly say something that we know isn't how we really feel, we're only putting a stop in time. We're putting a gap that has to be backtracked and taken care of through forgiveness and repair. So I think this is a good practice just to notice and release and stay in God's camp. I'm complete. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Thank you, Diana. Hi guys, it's Jude. This reading today in the text is really just reminding me so much of the um, the text about the holy encounter. You know that when I meet someone, I will either find myself or lose myself. And how I see him, I will see myself, or I will not see him at all. I will behold a body in a in an empty, vacant space and know not who I am being lost in, in the illusions of thinking that we're bodies and brains and bodies and minds and bodies. So um, this is, you know, where it really gets super metaphysical for me. It's just like, you know, the whole world is a dream. The whole world is a dream. And when I was reading it this morning, there was a line that um, I rewrote a couple times, and I tried to fathom, and it says, the gap between reality and dreams lies not between the dreaming of the world and what I dream in secret. They are the same. So my responsibility is to recognize who and what I am as God created me and wake up to the truth of that. Or I'll just be walking around thinking I'm something else, believing I'm something else, identifying with a whole bunch of other people who think there's something else self-made. Illusions, dreamers in the dream. This is... This is huge, what he's saying right here. <laughs> but the Holy Spirit is in both our minds. He is one. There is no gap. There, that there is no gap. Um, you know, that the gap, the gap comes, comes from the place where I don't recognize myself as the dreamer of the dream. Because this is where all the pointing the fingers and who's doing what to whom and 
who's hurting who and you know the guilt and the shame and the blame and the accusing and the condemning and the judging it's where all that stuff is happening no wonder no wonder no wonder he calls it the dream of fear and the dream of judgment but um the simplicity of being one with everything it's just such a beautiful beautiful thing and I love the remainder of this you know the last three three or four paragraphs in this reading and um Lemoyne I'd <laughs> be happy to read the whole thing again because it is beautiful what is what is the same cannot be different and what is one cannot have separate parts and herein lies the peace of God, the peace that passes all understanding. Amen. Thank you all for being here. I love you. Thank you, Judy. Yeah, thank, thank you, Judy. Judy. I got a, they got a different take on that line, the peace that passes all understanding. It's like the acceptance and peace that all is one is the doorway where all understand all true understanding passes through and uh, I, I get it that <laughs> it that does surpass the understanding of the separate mind who that you know in my mind I want the world that I've made perceiving myself as separate from it but you know I think a one line that I really want to emphasize which is saying which is the beginning of 38 there is a way of finding certainty right here and now and I think that is the only place that certainty is real is in the present that you know the way that the world seems to have reality is from what we have taught ourselves in the past but the certainty we would build on the past projecting it into the future just covers over the the actual instant where we're alive which is the present and closes off the certainty that the actual certainty that's available here and now in the direct experience of being an essential part of all life and uh, so yeah I mean the the past that is gone and the future that has not yet been created made or dreamed or what have you those are not places to find certainty the place to find certainty is here and now and recognizing unity and towards the end here it's like where is it miracles are the result when you do not insist on seeing in the gap what is not there your willingness to let illusions go is all the healer of God's son requires Am I on mute? Um, no, you're not. You're on mute, and that's that's the little 
little summary uh, the emphasis point I wanted to make that it is a present moment certainty that is what is real and what is useful <laughs> what we need and it's there when with our willingness to let illusions go the world is false perception it is not separate <clears throat> and neither are we anyway I'm complete Thank you, Lemoyne. Thank you, Lemoyne. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Lemoyne. Our real freedom depends on welcoming reality. And, um, you know, the only guest in my mind I want, that I want is the Holy Spirit. You know, to to see the world through the Holy Spirit is, you know, is, is reality. It's reality. It's what it is. Wake up. <laughs> oh, to have him is to be like him. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I have a little sign that said, thank you, by the way, for that. Happiness loves company. <laughs> I had that on my workstation for about 30 years. And it's true. Who doesn't just where you're in the flow or you can talk through your liver or your where there's happiness coming any anywhere through a smile in your eyes through what how you present yourself in line at the grocery store just to be that for somebody else and for yourself. I'm complete. Good morning, it's Mindy. Thank you, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Diana. Thank you, Diana. When you said, um, you know, happiness loves company, with all the backdrop of COVID, my thought immediately went to, happiness is contagious. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's kind of a, a, a huge one to assert into life. But um, I, I have noticed that in the present moment, when I stay there, there is peace and there's actually happiness. And it may be a quiet happiness or a quiet joy, or if I'm if things are going well and I allow myself, I can feel a huge joy. Um, and you know, I have noticed though that sometimes when I feel really great and really happy, and I go out into the world um, because I'm empathic, and up till now I I really feel people's energies. Um, I feel disapproval coming from people who are unhappy. And I almost feel like I'm a target and they want to take me down or they want to take some of my energy. And it's like, wow, you know, that's an illusion that I would really, you know, that I've created or we've made that I would really like to let go of. Um, Celestine Prophecy says that we're either giving energy, taking energy, or sharing it with someone and it multiplies. And I thought, that's a miracle when we realize that we have an unlimited amount of energy to share because it comes from an unlimited source. And then with a like-minded person, boy, have you ever noticed how the energy, like you, you can meet someone at the store and you're both in a place of the real world. You're both really in the place of peace and happiness and you have these wonderful conversations and all of a sudden the whole aisle lights up and people seem to be attracted and they walk by you and they smile 
and they go on and smile to the next person. So I love that happiness is contagious, and I'm going to work on that thought that, you know, people are going to try and take away my energy or put me down because that is definitely an ego thought. And even though it's about energy and not the body and like, oh, you know, this is new age, this is spiritual, it really isn't. And um, I need to recognize that my well-being comes from something far beyond my thoughts or how my body's feeling or any circumstance. And that if someone seems to want to take my energy down by frowning at me, I see that as a call for help. And it is not I who answers that call. It is God through me. And if I walk out with a spiritual armor of happiness and peace and say, Holy Spirit, surround me with your light, your energy, your healing, you know, be my eyes, be my ears, I have a feeling I'm not going to ever have a problem with feeling like I am being um, um, influenced by other people's energy or even by them wanting to absorb mine. And um, it's like, you know, it's like put on the armor of God before going out. That really is important because if I am at all shaky in my ability to be in the real world, if I'm around brothers who are in their illusory state, it is very easy for me to join them. So I, oh wow, see that's kind of scary. I don't want to go outside the house <laughs> because of that. Um, so instead of getting my errands done being my main reason for walking out the door, I can reframe that and say, I'm going to exercise allowing the Holy Spirit to be and see through me and to bring that unlimited love and just radiate it to my brothers. And I know that in doing that, I will never feel anything negative coming from them. And what, what a wonderful way to manifest everything we've learned <laughs> no matter what the, the workbook lesson is. And, um, and one last thought is um, I noticed I had a beautiful, what I would say, true inspiration about where to go today. And then my ego decided, yeah, but if you're going in that direction, you really need to grab this, this, and this so you can go to the office and you can go there and do some work at Panera. And all of a sudden, my joy was gone, and I didn't feel good. And my body was starting to ache, and it's like, whoa, wow! I'm not allowing myself to be in the present and just go with what I'm told and the present and the inspiration that comes from the wholeness of spirit. That's the real world. So I caught myself being in out of that presence. But it was wonderful that I caught myself. And then when this lesson that I just heard for the first time is, you know, this, 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 this illusion of the world only need last a moment and be gone. So that is really encouraging when those thoughts that are of the body come in and of the world. And um, it was like I actually caught myself before I knew the lesson. So this is what I love about this course. One lesson flows into the next and it is so, it is, it's, it's, it's not just about enlightenment and, and heaven. It's even about, we're in happy dreams. The real, it's about dealing with the, the world as we see it and, and what we've made and not created. And it even helps in that. And, and we're here for a reason. It's not like I'm in the body and it's just completely an escape from God. 
there was an intention to express God through the body. I just forgot that I wasn't separate. That's all it is. Anyway, I'm rambling, but I'm excited about the lesson and excited that when my illusions come to get me, I can just step back and let it go and say, oh, and let the light and love of the present moment shine that way and just shine forth. And I'm back in the flow of inspiration and love and energy and can be excited about the mundane tasks because I'm letting the Holy Spirit light them up with the reality of what truly is. And that is contagious. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm complete. <laughs> Thank you, Mindy. Thanks, Let's Mindy. Show. Lovely Thank summary. Thank you, Mindy. And a great relation to the instant of the lesson. Thank you. I agree. Thank you, Mindy. Oh, a quick inspiration from Patricia and a quote that was shared or a share that became a quote for me today. To see the world through the Holy Spirit that kept ringing when it was shared. That the holy instant we're thinking here and the opposites that are one and the constant that holds, there's no gap between opposites. That sentence said... The reversibility of any thought is your access to this bliss of the instant. So it said, practice this right now just for a second. To see the world through the Holy Spirit today, I see the Holy Spirit in the world today. To see the Holy Spirit through the world today. I am the world I see. To be the Holy Spirit in the world today. You see the world through the Holy Spirit. Isn't that lovely like that we know it's a constant and it's a decision. Do I see that world? Well sometimes through the Holy Spirit, sometimes not. And then switch it. Does the Holy Spirit be through the world? Oh, wow. To see the Holy Spirit through the world today. Thank you. Beautiful. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you, Patricia. Hi, this is Chris. Uh, I'm here in my holy instant, just listening. Welcome, Chris. Thank you, Hi, Chris. Chris.
Hi, this is Ida. Good to be with you this morning. Um, I feel like I don't know what to do, like with the what this text says. To bridge the gap between myself and my brother, you know, not to not to accept his dreams or his sickness or whatever. Um, it seems like that's something I'm supposed to do in my mind, but um, I, I feel like I'm not really sure how to do that. Um, thanks, I'm completely. Thank you, Ida. Thanks, Ida. Thank you, Ida. Yeah, thanks, Ida. This is Lemoyne. This <laughs> that reminds me of something I meant to to bring, um, which is from the very beginning of Chapter Twenty Eight, the Undoing of Fear, where it says the miracle does nothing. All it does is to undo. And thus it cancels out the interference to what has been done. Does not add, but merely takes away. And what is taken away really is long since gone. It's like this picture of the world we built from the past is founded on what has passed. But being kept in memory, it appears to have immediate effects. So... This is, it really is okay to know and not know what to do because most of what is required to let the real world shine through is to let the old one go and mm. let things be undone. I'm complete. Oh, thank you. That ought to get Very online. Powerful. It'll go viral. It'll go viral. So, oh, so beautiful. Thank you, Lemoyne. Oh, you're the chorus line of my day. Yeah, thank you, Lemoyne, for that beautiful passage in the course. And in this lesson is the key to allowing the illusory world to end or pass within, to be vigilant for the holy instant, to be in that holy moment. And because of the law of impermanence. If we, if I stay in the moment, any false perceptions could pass because of its impermanent nature. And I could just hmm, look at it with a lot of serenity and let the clouds pass, let the unclouding start. 
or it's already started, so let it continue. Clouds are of the past are challenging. I don't know when they're going, they're going to arise or be triggered within me, but I'm thankful that the Course directs me about how to undo those clouds. And, um, yeah, keep maintain as much as possible my mind un- unobstructed is the word. The holy instant really feels like it resonates for me in, in that undoing, this moment. And, of course, as we all know, the, the moment could cause stillness in the mind and give us access to that voice for God. And for me, it's practicing the skill of being aware in the holy instant when opportunities for illusory ways of looking with accompanying reactionary feelings come up to be undone in the eternal now. I was calling the business office for the hospital and I noticed that I had a certain limit that I could use in my personal account. So, and I was practicing being in the present moment and just noticing uh, an upsetting way of looking at that. And, all right. I, I, I see this. This is an opportunity to, in the moment that I'm in, give it over. I need to do nothing but just be aware and stay in the moment and follow through with what's needed to be done. And... not lose the present moment to that past upset, but saying, oh, thank you. Thank you, God, for that I'm aware of this. Thank you. I understand the opportunity here. Thank you. That I commend this right now by staying in the moment and watch how it disintegrates because of its impermanence. You're, you know, the change, the now is the changeless, the now is the eternal. So it has the power 
to uncloud when clouds come in. Uh, yeah, one thing one thing that comes to mind as I say this is woohoo, yippee, yahoo, I'm complete. And that's what healed the whole world. That probably rippled around the world a million times. Thank you, thank you, honey. Yahoo! Marvelous. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. I um just listening to Ida and just paging through the book and looking at stuff that I underlined. And um, it, it talks about allegiance being the denial of God. That that it that is the ego's religion. And when you know that. J.C. says, before that, I've said before that of yourself you can do nothing, but you are not of yourself. If you were, what you have made would be true, and you would never escape. It is because you did not make yourself that you need be troubled over nothing. And it talks about this, you know, the world in the lesson today a world of sickness and of death and the allegiance of, allegiance to the denial of God being the ego's religion and how we believe all this and it entered the mind of God's Son. And it was attack. It was an attack made um, on God. Made his son think he was fatherless. And this is what jumped out. The attack on God made his son think he was fatherless. And out of his depression, he made the God of depression. This was his alternative to joy, because he would not accept the fact, although he was a creator, he had been created. The son is helpless without the father, who alone is his help. So, you know, this the simplicity of just go to, go to my father. If I'm ever troubled, sad in need of comfort, in need of understanding, in need of light, in need of help of any sort or any kind, that comes from a sense of lack, that I've forgotten who I am, I've forgotten who my Father is. It's the holy instant. Restore me to sanity, to the perfect sanity, knowing who I am, perfect happiness, perfect joy. And... The means, the means he's given us. I'm not going to go on anymore. I've talked long enough. But I love you, Ida. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Judy. I love you, too. Thank you, Judy. Thank you, Judy. When I, I just get, <laughs> I don't know if anybody watched <laughs> TV and all the, um, the, God, the sickness on, um, you know, the pharmaceutical ads from the pharmaceutical companies <laughs> and all their side effects. And I think, oh, my God, this world of sickness and of death, it's really depressing. And it's really, who, who, who does not have 
who does not have God the Father shining bright in his mind could not help but be depressed. It's it's got to, the light's got to stay on. Thank you, thank you, Lord, Father, hmm. Creator. <laughs> Thanks, Judy. Well, thanks, Judy. I want to quip quip here. You know, the light, the the light is on, (laughs) but are we home? (laughs) Anyway, I'm complete. Go ahead, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. you. No, I was going to say, look out, Big Pharma. Here comes Big God. I'm complete. (laughs) <laughs> it's the final heal thyself lesson, isn't it? You know, it's not the story. It's what we want to make it, what we want to do. And this is definitely a heal thyself. So none of the outer stories are going to work until we get that one. Oh, boy. We asked to have the light turned up. We're getting it. Thank you. This is Micah. Um, I just, uh, yeah, thank you, Patricia. This section here is uh, probably for me the most practical section in the book. That uh, whenever, whenever I have friction or some kind of, I've been triggered by somebody, um, I go to this greater joining, and it is miraculous how it will transform and lift uh, the awareness out of a dream-identified state of stories and who I think I am and who I think the other person is. And, And miraculously, these words in this section lift awareness into the experience of mind. Uh, over and over and over again. It never fails. And um, it starts very simply here at the beginning. You know, just, I mean, it's all through the whole thing. I'll just highlight a few things. But it, it means that you share not his wish to separate. And that right there is, usually that right there is the problem, the essence of why I'm having a problem is that I have moved out of unity and I'm in a state of separation and I think I'm a separate, you know, this communication device is, is all I am. And um, and then let, and then let, that means you share not his wish to separate and let him turn illusions on himself. And then that brings the lens of actually seeing my brother, who I'm, I'm in, my ego's interpreting in a certain way. Suddenly, I, I'm Jesus is inviting a whole different perception uh, that he is something so holy that it has turned illusions on himself, and it's he's my responsibility also. So suddenly, it's not all about a me. And uh, so already there's profound healing, you know, in this, in just the second sentence, you know. 
and the whole the whole thing is like that. And uh, let's see, it goes down like in the next paragraph. Um, you stand apart from him, which is I mean them, those dreams that the brothers having, but not apart from him who dreams them. So right, right there, it, it it brings the awareness of okay, what's happening in space time is a dream, and 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 what my brother really is is this this mind, and Jesus keeps developing this feeling of what the mind is and making it more and more real, until down here at the very bottom. This is always the, the the most pivotal moment here. Is the Holy Spirit is in both your minds. And thank you, Judy, for talking about the Holy Spirit's vision. Uh, the Holy Spirit is in both your minds. So right away, it, it brings a whole different lens of a reality that the Holy Spirit knows and that we can share his vision with him of of. Um, like what I'm seeing in terms of a separate egoic consciousness, if I align my vision with and just turn my lens of awareness in the direction of the Holy Spirit's vision, the the whole scene becomes something so gloriously whole. And it goes on, the Holy Spirit is in both your minds and he is one because there is no gap that separates his oneness from itself. And so the Holy Spirit becomes this portal into a profound and glorious oneness. And uh, the gap between your bodies matters not. For what is joined in him is always one. And it's it's wonderful to apply this even even if like I'm applying it right now with with Roz in the kitchen and and you know it doesn't have to be moments of intense suffering to be, to move into the Holy Spirit's vision of a oneness and how the Holy Spirit is looking at this conference call right now and um, let's see goes on. Uh, Let's see. By sharing not your brother's dream that uh, has left the space between them vacant and the father comes to join his son that the Holy Spirit joined. And the father comes to join his son that the Holy Spirit joined. So that vision of the Holy Spirit, in that you feel this, I, I feel this joining. And then I realize God is there. And it, it's such a rich, rich experience. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit's function is to take the broken picture of the Son of God and put the pieces into place again. Uh, the holy picture healed entirely does he hold out to every separate piece that thinks it is a picture in itself. That just wets away all kinds of suffering that the ego plays in. And then to each he offers his identity, which the whole picture represents instead of just a little broken bit that he insisted was himself. And when he sees this picture, he will recognize himself. 
This is it's just a beautiful section about the mind, seeing our brother as mind. Um, but I, I recommend it. Anytime you have something overpowering you about some drama in the dream, just re- re- read this and, and meditate on it and let it open the heart. Um, I guess that's it. Thanks. Oh, that was beautiful, Micah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thanks, thanks to Jesus. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, yeah, this is worry. And I wanted to... Um, I'm going to get to what I want to say here in one moment, but first I wanted to say how much I love this lesson today, especially for the phrase, having learned exactly what to do to be restored. Having learned exactly what to do to be restored. And in every case, the exactly what to do is always the same. Forgive and you will see this differently. To forgive means nothing more than to allow truth to be true, withdraw my illusion from whatever it is that's disturbing me, and truth will reveal itself. In every case, this is the truth. In every case. Um, And the other thing I wanted to say that I find really exciting this morning is that both you, Micah, and you, Chris, said the same thing that really uh, lit up my meditation this morning. Micah, you said whenever there's a friction or a trigger, and Chris said wherever there are accompanying reactionary feelings, I know that something's coming up to be undone. Forgive and you will see this differently, something coming up to be undone are two sides of exactly the same movement. That movement being the movement of truth and restoration. When I forgive, I receive a miracle of truth. It's not complicated. It only seems complicated when it's cast in in all the um, reactionary feelings and all the triggers and frictions, that's when it seems complicated. And that complication, I've discovered, cannot be undone by thought. I can't say to my mind, well, you're wrong, um, because now I feel even worse than I did before. <laughs> you know, I, I can't, I, 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 call that, I call that the healing of the shoulds. You shouldn't feel that way. You should this. There's even a movement of healing where the shoulds are healed. And all of it involves release. Release of illusion so that the miracle can light my awareness. He um, he talked about it um, just really clearly in the Principle for Miracles. The principles, Miracle Principles, Chapter 1, Section 1. 
principles of miracles he said there that revelation unites souls directly with God miracles unite souls with each other without a miracle when I have these friction triggers when I have this accompanying reactionary feeling without a miracle I can't get from here to there I, I can't I can't arrive at the truth that we both share in fact you share so much of my truth that unless I can see you truly I lose myself and that's what he's saying when he says refuse to be a part of someone else's dream well I can sit still and refuse to be a part of somebody's dream until the cows come home <laughs> but where will I be in the end but where the cows come home still sitting there not realizing the miracle and it's experienced for me um, it's experienced um, for anybody who loves chemistry it's like a chemical reaction there's an infusion of energy into a situation it feels it feels to ego uh, like I've got some friction going on I'm reacting to some feelings it feels like a really big trigger and that infusion of energy tells me tells my mind there's a miracle here for you you might reject it and walk away from it but it'll come again but if you accept the miracle that this opportunity is is giving you you will experience exactly what he means when he says healing is when two minds experience their oneness and become glad you and you and you and anyone else who God brings into my field is someone holding my miracle miracles unite souls directly with each other I can tell you that I learned this very 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 painfully at great cost to my peace it took many years to uh, to realize that I cannot find my capital self alone capital self includes you and you and you and you and all creation and so when those feelings of intense friction trigger um, reactionary stuff comes up oh my god I've learned to welcome it and say thank you Chris just like you said thank you what are you holding for me because I know there is a great reaction building 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 waiting for some potential release and as soon as I release whatever it is it's it's in me it's not in you it's not in the situation it's in me and as soon as I release it what do I discover but two minds are one that was always the truth it was always the truth the atonement gives you God and what is God but all creation you know the atonement gives you God it's 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 like this there's an intersection point where God is united with me in Revelation and at that same intersection point there's a horizontal reach that goes out to all creation and in that horizontal reach it's for me to discover 
that all of this is self. All of it. Every single bit of creation is capitalist self. That's why. That's why gratitude, my gratitude, permits my love to be accepted without fear. There is no fear in any of creation because it's all one and it's all love. And by recognizing these buildups of energy for what they are, that there's a great reaction getting ready to happen. He calls that great reaction a miracle. And the unity that's restored in that reaction is nothing but the unity of truth that always was. The truth that always was makes of this place heaven. Only an instant does this world endure. Having learned exactly what to be, to do, to be restored to truth. Release and you'll see this differently. Forgive and you'll see this differently. Over and over and over, I do this. And the reward, the reward is heaven. And what is heaven but a state of mind that is so unified that it can't see anything but oneness everywhere? That's cause for great celebration. Does that mean I don't get triggered? No, not at all. Because splinters, splinters, um, well, here, let me put it this way. Here's the best way. It's in the manual for teachers. God's teachers have no set teaching level. Each teaching and learning situation involves a different relationship at the beginning, although the ultimate goal is always the same. To make of the relationship a holy relationship in which both can look upon the Son of God as sinless. There is no one from whom a teacher of God cannot learn. I can always learn. So there is no one whom he cannot teach. The plan, the plan is of God, the author and finisher of our faith. He said, Christ-controlled miracles are impersonal. It's impersonal. We just pop around like little molecules here and there and here and there. But in every single little bopping around, there's a miracle. There's a potential for a gap to be closed, the gap that doesn't exist at all anyway. It was only in my mind. So the plan includes very specific contents, contacts to be made for each teacher of God. There are no accidents in salvation. Those who meet, who are to meet, will meet because together they have a potential for a holy relationship. This is how Christ puts the broken pieces of God's Son back together again. And there is no one from whom I cannot learn. So there's no one I can't teach. There are specific content context. Every single puzzle piece fits exactly, precisely when and how the Son of God intends it to fit. This is how I call upon a miracle. Whenever this energy comes up, whatever this energy might be, 
it's an energy that I I join in a in a false dream. But I'm not gonna sit and wait for something to happen until the cows come home. I need to call for that miracle. I need to say, I don't know what this means. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. But I know that because I'm in this place at this time, there's some specific thing waiting. It feels like an infusion of energy that's inviting that miracle. Will I join that? Will I join that where it is and let the Holy Spirit do his work? so that we can recognize our oneness and be glad. That's why my gratitude permits my love to be accepted without fear. I learned the hard way. This cannot be done alone. We so desperately need each other to allow this to happen. And for that, I'm very, 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 very grateful. I'm completely... Oh, Lori, that was so wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Hen. Yeah, thank you, Lori. Beautiful. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you for that summary, Lori. Thank you so much, Lori. It was beautiful. Thank you, Lori. Gracias, Señora Lori. And Laurie, you're, you're just a wonderful example of <clears throat> what results when we're gracious to ourselves. And uh, um, so I, I don't feel any qualms about asking you, do you have a little bit more you'd like to share as a close? Yeah, oh, that's so sweet. Um, you know what, today <laughs> I think I have like 11 tabs at the top of my page. But thanks to you, um, I love this today. It's less than 266. My holy capital self abides in you, God's Son. Father, you gave me all your sons to be my saviors and my counselors in sight, the bearers of your holy face to me. In them are you reflected, and in them does Christ look back upon me from my capital self. Let not your son forget your holy name. Let not your son forget his holy source. Let not your son forget your name is his. This day, we enter into paradise calling upon God's name and on our own, acknowledging our capital self in each of us united in the holy love of God, 
how many saviors God has given us. How can we lose the way to him when he has filled the world with those who point to him and given us the sight to look on them? Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Lori, Lemoyne, and everybody. Have a great oh, thank day. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lemoyne and Lori. Thank you, everyone. Thanks again, Lori.